to another episode of the Library Sessions podcast, where we talk about teaching and learning in the library. I'm your host, Martinique, and I'm here with my co-host, Jen. Hi, everybody. We are glad you are back today. Jen and I were talking about um, what happened this academic year related to our teaching or instruction generally. And so we wanted to use today's episode to do a little recap of 2019-20. Just kidding, 2018, 2019. Because that's the actual year that it is. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's a good time to sort of reflect on your past year. And I think it's also a good time, too, because we've just come off. By the time you're listening to this, we'll have just come off the Carly uh, collaboration series that we did. And I think it's good to bring it back to thinking about our teaching since that was sort of the whole reason we had started the podcast in the first place. So it's a nice, a nice way to um, finish out the school year, I think. Yeah. So why don't you tell me, Jen, what happened this year that went well or that surprised you or that something you taught that felt creative or anything, anything that you can think of? Well, this year was, it was a good year. It was really busy year. Uh, I did a lot of work kind of um, helping our instruction program kind of be more programmatic and run a bit more smoothly. So that was a lot of my focus this academic year. And one of the things that I think is I'm excited about, I I guess it's really sort of a future thing. So (laughs) maybe it's a little weird to talk about it as a wrap up for this year, but we've started the planning for an assessment project that we're going to do in the fall and we are in a we're in a program review cycle year so we are going to be doing a program review um, you know kind of in the coming year we have to turn it in and a big piece of that is assessment and so I've been really working on helping kind of the whole like library think more about assessment and uh, like trying to create more a little bit more of an assessment culture to think about why are we doing what we're doing and how are we doing it and how do we know we're doing it? Uh, because those are sometimes questions that all of us, I think, forget to ask sometimes. And you know, be, being that I am sort of focused on the library instruction piece, we designed a program or a assessment project for the fall. We're going to start it in the fall for speech 101 classes. And we have already created outcomes and uh, started to think about uh, or we've well we've des- we're working on designing the assessment instruments and then gonna start to think about how we're gonna teach those things. So the idea is, I, I'm sure many of our listeners already are at this stage, but for us it's a little bit new to really look at something programmatically and assume that the student teaches though the students are coming back again as opposed to teaching them as though this was their only visit to the library. Uh, so that's a bit of a, you know, culture shift and it's, uh, but I think everybody is excited about it and I, I think it's going to be a good project. So we're going to do some assessment in the classroom and then we're going to do sort of a summative assessment at the end where we work hopefully with the faculty members to um, view the speeches that the students have to give and, and view their bibliographies. Um, so So what are some of the, or even just one, um, just because I think specifics are sometimes interesting, um, maybe one or two of the learning outcomes that you've decided that you want to assess. You don't, you don't have to, if you don't have them in front of you, 
use the exact language, but yeah, I do. I do not have the exact language, but (laughs) um, I'm trying to think there were four uh, learning outcomes. So for instance, one of them is uh, about keywords. So helping the students decide what keywords uh, would be appropriate and uh, helping them think through the idea that there are multiple terms for various concepts. Uh, Oh, and actually an earlier one is helping them kind of define their topic. So a lot of the students in the speech classes will come in with something very, very broad. Uh, One of the examples that one of the librarians was using was she had a student in a speech 101 instruction who said their topic was ice cream. And so how do we, how do we take them from ice cream to something, you know, a more well-defined research topic? So that's going to be one of the outcomes. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, we did a lot of research on what other schools are doing for similar classes. We talked, you know, we looked at the um, program outcomes for Speech 101 and things like that. So I, I think uh, we're pretty happy with the, the ones we have and we'll see how it goes. You know, again, this is something new for us as that sort of as a library to tackle these kind of um, outcomes together. So I think it's going to take some, I think there's probably going to be some adjustments that have to be made and and things, but I think working together, we should be able to hopefully address these outcomes. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's great. So are you working pretty closely with the speech department? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, we're sort of, we're designing the bones of the program on our own, at least at first, but then that's one of the goals for the summertime is to, you know, identify faculty partners. We have people in mind, but we need to approach them and kind of talk about what, what we need from them. And then I think there'll be an opportunity to discuss like the learning outcomes and things at that point as well. So, but part of it is that we want to be able to talk about this in our program review. We won't be very far in the assessment by the time the review is due, but this is a sort of example of how we are trying to address these issues for the for the next review cycle. So because we haven't done as much review or assessment this past cycle. So, you know, that's the idea is pushing us a little bit forward, hopefully. This is, it's not anything revolutionary. It's not anything other schools aren't doing already, but it's always hard, I think, when you try something like new at, at your workplace and it's a learning curve for everybody involved. So, yeah, it is. And it's a lot of work. So, what about you? Well, when I was thinking about recording this episode, I was like, oh my God, have I done anything new this year? <laughs> and um, luckily, I, um, I realized that I could include the whole academic year. And so I was thinking about, um, you know, you and I both have been in the biz for a while now. And sometimes you feel like you're just, um, I don't know, doing a lot of the same stuff. Even if it's something you really love, you're like, okay, now I've done it 15 times. Um, So this this past fall, I worked with a first year experience pilot class because at my university, we're sort of in the middle of figuring out what first year experience should be and also reimagining our core curriculum, um, aka gen ed curriculum at other institutions. So this was a pilot version. And I was talking with the 
English faculty who teaches it late last spring, and she told me that her students were reading Becoming Nicole, which is a um, nonfiction story about a transgender girl and her process of coming out as transgender, starting with, you know, her parents' story of when she's a little kid, navigating the school system, all this stuff. And um, my wife and I listen to a lot of audiobooks during our road trips in the summer. So I just thought, well, this is something that interests us both. And we'll just listen to it and talk about it because that's what we do. Um, so this this um, instruction class is totally um, a an example of significantly over-preparing, which might be why I think it went so well. But I say that as a caveat that especially if anyone's a new instruction librarian and you listen to the story of this of this class, you're going to be like, oh my God, I could never do all that. Because it starts with reading the entire book, right? So I read the whole book. It was great. And my belief about first year experience has often been, this is an amazing opportunity to talk to students about how and why information is created and communicated before they're expected to quote unquote, use information in a paper, you know, so like, they don't have to write a research paper in this class. And yet I get to work with them. So I think that's a cool opportunity. And I framed the whole thing around questions. So I have a big, I'm a big believer in all research starts with a question. I'm sure most of us are. But I think most things start with a question. I think most art starts with a question. I think um, a lot of writing starts with a question. So I started by thinking the students have questions at this point. What were the what was the author's question before she began work on the book? Because the author is a journalist, <clears throat> not someone involved in the story. What questions might the main character, I guess she's not a character, she's a real person, but um, what questions would Nicole's parents have had? What questions would Nicole have had? Um, so things like that. There's a counselor in the book. What questions would she have had? And then how do they access information about these questions? So the first thing I did was have students think a little bit about their questions. And then I gave them one of these people. So I said, I divided them in groups and I said, like, your group has Nicole's parents, your group has the counselor, your group has, you know, the author. And um, I wanted them first to think about what kind of questions these different people might have had at any point and write those out. And then, um, and they put those on some post-it papers up at the front of the classroom. And then I found references to different resources, which was a little hard to find because it's not footnoted. It's, it's it's a little tricky. So having a, an e-version of the book was amazing because I could just search for certain words. So I gave each group a resource with a citation on an index card and a little thing that says something like, you know, on page such and such, the author describes the counselor looking for information. And then I quote that section. And I said, I'm just going to redo this one because I think it's useful. Um, on page 73, Nutt describes Earhart, that's a counselor's quest for additional information. Quote, Earhart said she'd scoured the internet, but that she couldn't find much, certainly nothing of substance related to transgender children. 
Earhart's clinical supervisor suggests she go to University of Maine's LBGT Center, which he does. Nutt describes people jumping in to help her, pulling books off the shelves, finding Earhart's questions. And so then I follow this up with, imagine that they have pulled these kinds of books off the shelf. How do you think those books might have helped her answer her question? Um, place the the little citation for each resource on the post-it related to, like, would that help the counselor? Would it help Nicole's parents? Would it help the author answer their question? So it sounds a little convoluted when I describe it that way. It actually functioned really flawlessly because I had all of these different resources in front of me that they could look at and imagine the audience and see how the author referenced that resource. So in this example, I say imagine they pulled like trans bodies, trans cells off the shelf. But in other ones, I'm saying, you know, the author references this source explicitly. Here is this source. Look at it. It's a book or it's a magazine or it's a print off of a website and really kind of examine how it helped answer those questions. So um, that was inspired by things I've done before. I can't remember if we worked together um, when we had done something like this at Roosevelt University and first year experience students, at least the element of look at the author sources and, and think about those. But the whole thing using like citations on post-it notes and and putting them in a place that says like, this resource citation would help this person answer their question. So I'm going to put it on that post-it note. Like, I think it was just a really nice visual uh, representation of, of that process of, you know, people start with questions. Those questions can be answered in different ways. In from, you know, all of that stuff. So I, I really liked how that went. Wow. That sounds incredible. Did you get any feedback like from the faculty member? What what did they think or Well, she loved it. She actually felt really bad because she could tell that it was a lot of work on my part to to execute it. I mean, starting with reading the book, but I also, you know, printed the citations and put them on different, you know, glued them to different colored post-it notes and stuff. So, um one of her reactions was that she just felt so bad that she wasn't going to teach the class again <laughs> um, because she knew I wouldn't be able to reproduce the experience because, you know, even if I wanted to do the whole thing again, I'd have to start all over with checking on those sources and stuff. So it was fun for me to work on something that felt creative and to do something different. And, um, and the students were really engaged, you know, it appealed to different kinds of learners, which is important to me. And um, it just, it felt great. Yeah, that sounds like a really awesome class with like really neat, interesting things. Yeah. <laughs> so anything else, anything else you did this year that was particularly fun or interesting? No, but you know what? I thought that we should mention on here while we're talking about this, that you and I have an instruction class activity lesson that we created together and that should be published really soon in the next, not in the next, it's the first of its version. It's a cookbook series. It's the Critical Thinking About Sources cookbook. Yeah, good thinking. We should promote our stuff, shouldn't we? <laughs> totally should because this is our podcast and that's our, that's our lesson. It's supposed to come out this spring and 
uh, no hard feelings. I expected this to happen. It happens. Seems like it's it's um, to be expected. It is a it isn't out yet, but it should be out soon. Yeah, I haven't heard the date. Uh, uh, I haven't heard an updated date, but I mean, I would hope sometime soon. So <laughs> we'll talk about it maybe after it's published too. We'll we'll do an update on the podcast. But yeah, that's a that's an activity that we've done. We had created a long time ago, and we've. I think we've probably both taken what we learned from that activity and taken it in different directions. Uh, so sort of, it, it's, I'm sure it's evolved into other activities that we both do. Yeah. And it might be fun once it's published, we can ask folks, um, you know, if anybody's tried it or if people have questions or anything, we can talk a little bit about it or we, and, um, and when that comes out, we should also, maybe we can get in touch with some of the authors who have, who have submitted other ideas to that book. That yeah. could be fun. Yeah, those cookbooks have very practical lesson ideas, which is sometimes is really nice. Sometimes it's nice to just get a practical how-to without a lot of theory or, you know, just something you can implement right away. Right, and something, again, that just feels different. Yeah. You know, it's like we've been talking, I've been talking to students about keywords for 15 years now, and that's fine. Um, but sometimes you want to find a new way to do something. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that's probably going to wrap it up for today. We're going to keep it a short episode. Uh, this is just our sort of, sort of little recap and our re uh, realign after our Carly series. We do have, we're still looking for submissions, aren't we? Uh, yes. For our instruction gone wrong stories, please, please, please do send in your submissions because we really want to hear from everybody from all different types of librarians too. Uh, so tell us about the times that something went very wrong in your instruction. So it might be a funny story about time where anything that could go wrong did go wrong, or it might be a serious story about how you turned a negative into a positive or anything in between. So tell us about your story and what went wrong, what you did, how you felt, how it all turned out. And there are two ways that you can do that. So the first way and the way that we hope that you use is you can leave us a voicemail on our Google Voice number. So the number is 847-859-9614. We'll post this on our blog and on Facebook and everything too. And you can record a short voicemail for us there. So keep it to two minutes or less, please. And we'll play your audio on the podcast. And I think that would be a great way to have other people's voices in here. But if you'd rather not record a message, if you don't like the sound of your voice, like most people don't, uh, you can also send us an email with your story and we can read it out loud. So include your name and you know where you work if you feel comfortable doing that. Or if you'd rather not, you can always remain anonymous. We're happy for that too. And we hope that you know you feel no shame in sharing your stories gone wrong because I know I fail all the time. <laughs> so I think we all do. So uh, if you would like to share those stories, those are the ways you can do it. Or if you have something else you would like to talk about, maybe a research project you're working on or some lesson that you've planned or anything related to instruction, please let us know. We'd love to talk to you. Maybe we can do an interview on the podcast. You can email us at librarysessionspodcast at gmail. And we will, you know, talk about what we, how we'd like to, you know, share your story. And there's other places you can reach us though. So first remember, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also find our website at thelibrarysessions.wordpress.com or, you know, email us, I already said, that librarysessionspodcast at gmail, 
or you can follow us on Facebook at Library Sessions. So this is Jen. And this is Martinique. Until next time. Hi, everybody. It's Jen here. Just adding a couple quick notes to the podcast. First of all, if you're a new listener, welcome. We did do the Carly Instruction Showcase panel about the podcast, so maybe we got some new listeners from that. If so, thanks for being here. We really appreciate you listening. We do generally post on the last Friday of every month. We post a new episode, but we're going to be taking a short summer vacation so that Martinique and I can enjoy our summer and also start working on things for fall. So join us back again in the fall for more library sessions. Thanks for listening and have a great summer. The Library Sessions is produced by Martinique Hallerduff and Jennifer Lau Bond, and it's released under a Creative Commons license with some rights reserved. To find out more, visit thelibrarysessions.wordpress.com.